Welcome to Pathway to Faith Podcast, the media ministry of Harvest Church International Outreach, where we elevate and nurture families through the Word of God. We are so glad that you are here and believe that God will change your life through today's message. Let's listen. (laughs) Nugget number one. Ready? Let's read. Come on, read it again. Don't get caught napping. Now, if you're a military person, you really understand the magnitude of if a soldier gets caught napping. As a matter of fact, you can be court-martialed if you get caught napping. You can lose friendship with other soldiers if you get caught napping. Because when a soldier is napping, he puts the whole company at risk. Ooh, Jesus. Nugget number two. Nugget number two. Ready? Read. The idea of a remnant is mentioned, inferred in the Holy Writ 540 times. The reference to the remnant. I think it's important that God allowed it to be mentioned in the Holy Bible 540 times God makes reference to the remnant. I believe the reason that there was so much reference to the remnant is because the remnant is important to God. Who Jesus. And this Sunday morning, the remnant of Harvest Church is physically in this room. And so today, I'm going to talk about the remnant. Not what's not here, not what is no longer connected, but that which have remained. The remnant. Nugget number three, please. Ooh, you need to read this loud. Ready? Read. It's always been, always been down through generations. From Genesis to Revelation until the day in which we live, God has never used the crowd. He's never used the masses. Because if the masses get it done, they'll think they have accomplished what they accomplished because it's so many. So it seems as though God always seems to wait until you've come to your weakest point. I don't know what it is about him, but it seems as though he has a practice of letting us do all that we think we can do until we get tired and come to the conclusion that we don't have the answer. And when it looks hopeless, when it looks like it cannot be changed or turned around, then and only then God steps in. I believe he always waits until we're depleted because he wants all the credit. I believe he still wants all the glory. It's always been the remnant that God, that God worked through. Nugget number four. Nugget number four. Ooh, Jesus. I know you got your mask on, but can you holler like you, you know, really want somebody to hear you? Can you holler to the person next to you and tell them don't lose what you have left? Glory to God. I'm 69 in a few more days. And when I look over my life, Dad Clayton, there's some things that I've come to discover has depleted in my life. But I'm fighting to hold on to what's left. Glory to God. Are you listening to me? 
Stop crying over what you don't have. Stop crying over what left. And pay attention and hold on to what you have left. You got to be a fool this morning to leave your wife for a woman that you don't know. You'd have to be a fool today to leave that man for a man on the job that you don't know. God didn't allow you to to be on that job, sir or ma'am, to engage in an affair. He sent you there to gather seed and to be a witness and to be a light to those who are in darkness. Not go to bed with them, but lead them to Jesus. That's nowhere in my notes, but somebody needed to hear that before they got in trouble. Somebody needed to hear that before they get caught. Oh, Jesus. Hallelujah. What nugget did we just read? Don't lose what you have left. Let's look at the next nugget. Was that nugget number five? Nugget number five. Jesus Christ, I love this. Jesus Christ always comes. He's coming for me, mother. He's coming for me. He's on his way. I don't see him right now, but he's on his way. I don't know if he's still seated at the right hand of the father or if he's gotten up and on his way, but I know according to the word of God, he's coming to get me. Is he coming to get anybody else? I said, is he coming to get anybody else? Because Jesus Christ, he always comes for what's left. Nugget number six, and we'll close on this. Nugget number six, and I'll get busy. Ooh, Jesus. The real test of relationships isn't when it's easy. That's why I want to talk to the remnant. Because prior to the remnant, there was a whole lot of folks standing around me shouting. And I was convinced they were with me. But then a two-year storm came through. Good God of mercy. The real test of relationship isn't when things are easy. Things are going good. You don't know what kind of husband you got. You don't know what kind of wife you got. You don't know what kind of pastor you have when your pastor's preaching in a season when things are easy. It's when things become difficult, when things get hard. You don't know if you're following me when I say something and you agree. You'll only find out if you're really following me if I say something you don't quite understand. I'm preaching Bible because you're going to find out Jesus encountered the same situation. He said something one day to his followers that they didn't understand. And some stayed and some left. Good God of mercy. Are you ready with me today? Let's go to Revelations. Revelations chapter number three. I like to call it heavy revy. It's the one book God said he'll bless you if you just read it. Revelations chapter three. Revelations chapter three. Uh, Revelations chapter three. It is, it is to the pastor. At the church at Sardis, Sardis was located on the top of a mountain. Uh, It had only one place to come into the city and one place to exit the city. But but, uh, it was a secure place. Hear me now. Sardis was a secured city. It was a secure church. It only had one way to get in. 
and it only had one way to get out. Now, we won't get into the historical part of it because that city began to grow. It began to expand, and then they began to uh, develop things at the bottom of the mountain. But at this juncture, uh, Sardis was at the top of the mountain, and there was only one way to enter the city, and the people had become comfortable, comfortable, complacent. They had come to a place where they were entertaining, well, they were more than entertaining. They were acting upon the thought that their city was impregnable. In other words, nobody could get in and do them harm. And it's like anything that if you're not careful, you start taking for granted. And when you start taking uh, something for granted, uh, the next thing that seems to happen is you become very shallow in your expressions of appreciation because you have found somebody always faithful that no matter what you do or say, no matter how you treat them, they're always in the same spot. And so when you come to the place where you've encountered a situation like that, we are tempted in our humanness to take that person for granted because no matter what we do, we know they're going to always be there. Jesus said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. I will be with you even until the end. Having received that word and meditated on that word, when temptation comes, it becomes even a greater temptation to walk away from Jesus for a few moments because you know when you get through doing what you're big enough to do, you can count on Jesus still being there. I know what I'm going to do is wrong, but Jesus promised me that if, if something happens, he'll always be there. Now, Jesus always being faithful is not a ticket for you and I to be unfaithful. He's always there because that's his character. <laughs> Can I go ahead? Character is a powerful thing. All the men... Please stand. I didn't know I was going to do this. Boy, you look real nice with your shirts on. Some of you brothers forgot what to wear today. But we're going to take care of you. The great challenge with men is our character. We say a lot of things because words are cheap in that sense. But there are three major areas, men, that will always challenge and reveal your character. You'll never know what character you are really of if you are of a godly character or a fallen character until you encounter three things. And typically, one of these three is a thing all through the Bible where the devil picked off great men. And all of you who are standing today, you are great men. But you have to be careful, men, that you don't use your, your, uh, uh, your, your, what I'm looking for, your, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Charisma. That you don't use your suave. That you don't re use your C-O-O-L. That you don't use your manipulation skills to get you into places that you don't have the character to stand. You see, every promotion is not a promotion from God. Sometimes the devil will promote you to get you in a place so that you can fail. So you never take a promotion. You hear what I said? You never take a job. You never take a position that you don't have the character to match. Don't, don't add, don't, please don't add anything to what I'm saying. But I saw something the other day, 
and they, they were talking about different men of God and a number of those men of God that they had on television, I knew personally. And, and I, didn't, I didn't throw any stones or anything. I was just thank, thanking God I wasn't in the video. And if I said their names, all of you would know who they were. And they were casting expersion. They were putting them in a negative light. And then it, it dawned on me why God kept me away from certain things. See, some things you can be hungering for and it's not in God's plan for you. Some things God keep you out of to keep you safe. Are you listening to me? I said three things. Let's get to the three things point, man, so we can sit down. Uh, the one thing that will always challenge you to, to show you whether you have a godly character or not is money. Money will always reveal your character. Another thing that will always reveal your character is power. Power will always reveal the kind of character that you're of. Number three, come on, man, don't leave me hanging. Number three, number three, the thing that will always reveal your character is how much access you have to sex. Boy, y'all getting nervous now. I'm, I'm going to move. Don't just, just, just hold still. Hold still. Notice what I said, point man, access. It'll always reveal what kind of character you're of. And if the devil allowed you to have power and you pass the test, who was the other? And the door opened for you to be graced with money because money is just a magnifier. I've heard people say, boy, you got some money and it changed you. No, it didn't. Money revealed who they were all along. Money revealed who they were all along. They just didn't have enough money for you to see. You don't know who you are when you're poor. But you'll find out who you are if you get a little money. You get a little money and you'll find out how much you love Jesus. Are y'all listening to me? And then the last thing, man, I'm going to let you sit down because it's men's day. We're going to go to the park and have what, what not. But access. Because money and power gives you access. No women don't think you're all that cute with your bald-headed self. It's your money. It's your position of power. It's your influence. It's what she's attracted to. And you think you cute. Take away your money and your power and she'll ride by you. Are you listening to me? They looking at you going down the road because you're in a nice car. Ride down that same road the next day in a truck and see how much look you get. Access to sex, money, power gives you access. Boy, y'all got quiet. Can I get at least three sisters to say amen? Please, please sit down so we can move from this subject. Are you in Revelations chapter 3? Let, let, let's get busy. Revelations chapter 3. Look at verse number 1. And the angel of the church in Sardis write, these things says he who has the seven spirits of God and the seven stars. Please look at this. I know your works, that you have a name, that you are alive, but you're dead. Look at the next verse. Be watchful and strengthen the things which remain. And strengthen the things which remain that are ready to die. For I have not found your works perfect before God. Remember therefore now how you have received and heard. Hold fast and repent. 
and repent. You don't hear that a lot in church. You hear a whole lot now about the grace of God. The grace of God. What about repentance? What about repenting and don't do it anymore? So you don't need the grace of God for that situation ever again. Therefore, if you will not watch, I will come upon you as a thief. And you will not know what hour I will come upon you. You have a few names even in Sardis who have not defiled their garments. And they shall walk with me in the white for they are worthy. He who overcomes shall be clothed in white garments. And I will not blot out his name from the... His, his, I will not blot out... And I will not blot out his name from the book of life, but I will confess his name before my father and before his angels. Verse number six, he who has an ear, let him hear. He that has an ear, let him hear. What the spirit, capital S, Holy Spirit, says to the churches. Now we know in your, when the service, I strongly encourage Everyone under the sound of my voice, if you don't have that series that I ministered on the seven letters to the seven churches, you, as a matter of fact, it's more pertinent today, that message, that series, than it was when I ministered. Now, now we know that there are seven, the seven letters represented seven churches, but the seven churches really represented seven different conditions of the hearts of people. And when you look at those seven letters to the seven churches, when you read through that, you'll discover yourself in one of these churches. Now, today, we're just dealing with the church at Sardis. And Sardis was a dead church. But there was a church of Ephesus. It was a loveless church. There was a church of Smyrna. It was the persecuted church. There's the church of Pergamos. It was the compromising church. There was the church of Thyatira. It was a corrupt church. There was the church of Philadelphia. And it was the faithful church. It was the church of Laodicea. And it was the lukewarm church. And out of the seven, we're talking about Sardis, the dead church. And John, the revelator, getting revelation from the Holy Spirit, he says to the pastor, get your eyes off of those who are gone and strengthen the remnant. The, the other day, I was a Tuesday, in fact, I was with uh, my, my, my youngest son and he was taking care of some business and he wanted me to see uh, what he was doing in his business. And so I took the liberties to go. And uh, I got there and, you know, everything was good. And, and then I saw some things that he needed to change. And so I said to him, well, he made a comment. Then I commented back. I said, well, uh, it will increase uh, your possibilities, and I'm not saying exactly what I said to him because I don't want you to connect the dots, but I said it would increase your possibilities, son, if you would. Uh, he said, I already know, Dad, I need to change the carpet. And I said, yes, yes, sir, you, you're so right. I said, but don't go to a regular carpet store because they'll overcharge you. I said, well, what you need to do, what you know you need to do, you need to go where they sell remnants. But I wish I had my phone. I, I, I wish I had my phone. I wish, no, is that? Yeah, I wish I had my phone. Uh, you, you know I wouldn't stand here lying anyway. But, but I, I told him, I said, uh, don't go to a regular place because you're going to pay more for what you need because <laughs> they don't sell remnants. I said, but uh, I have a friend, I have a Jewish friend in Kansas City who is a multimillionaire today. He wasn't when I met him, but he is today because I met him on 350 Highway. But today he's a multimillionaire and he became a multimillionaire selling remnants. So, so ho hold on. 
hold on, in the mouth of two or three witnesses, let every word uh, be established. So I told my son, I said, I have a friend. There, there it is. Now, when I told my son that, I got this text later. You see what he says? He said, he said I, I'd like to see you when? Monday or Tuesday. Uh, can, can you make plans to be with me what, what day? Monday or Tuesday. Monday or Tuesday. Now, what he didn't know, I was just talking about him the other day, encouraging my son to go see him. And then a few days later, he texted me and said, can you squeeze me in? I didn't text him. He texted me and said, can you squeeze me in Monday or Tuesday so that we can fellowship a little bit? Now, it don't mean nothing to you, but that was a sign. Because, see, I told my son to go see him. But now before my son see him, I'm going to see him. And when I get finished talking to him, it's not going to cost him a thing to get his remnant of what he needs. Now, let, let, let's, 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 define, let's, let's define real quick what a remnant is. A remnant is the part that still remains. The Webster Dictionary says a remnant is a small surviving group. The Bible says the remnant is a small surviving group. You don't get it yet. The Webster Dictionary said that the remnant is a small surviving group. Did you survive? Can you make some noise? If you have survived. It says, the Webster Dictionary defines remnant as an unsold, unsold or unused end of a piece of goods. And when we look at scripture, God never threw the remnant away. He always used it. As a matter of fact, my mind right now goes to when all these people were out in the field listening to Jesus and, and the disciple says, if you send them away, they're hungry, they'll faint. And Jesus told the disciples, he said, well, feed them. And the disciple says, we don't have anything to feed them. He said, well, go through the group and find out what they have. And so I don't know how long it took, but they came back with a report. Said, we find a, a lad, a boy, with a couple of fish and a few loaves of bread. It's just a remnant compared to the need that is at hand. But Jesus didn't say, go to the supermarket. Jesus said, I am the supermarket. And he said, bring it to me. And they brought the few fish and loaves of bread to Jesus. And Jesus held it up to his father and blessed it. When he brought it down, it was still two fish and five loaves of bread. And the Bible says that it was 5,000 men, not including women and children. And Jesus told the disciples, take it now and feed the people. And they fed 5,000 people, including women and children. And then Jesus says an astonishing thing. He gets to the end and he asks, is everybody fed? And I assume it was Peter who spoke up because he was always bodacious. Yes, master, we've taken care of everybody. Well, then go through the crowd and pick up the remnant. Pick up the fragments. And the Bible says, how many disciples were they? There were 12, including Jesus. That would be, how many disciples were it? Was it? 12, including Jesus, it would be, how many disciples was it? Including Jesus, that would be 13 men. But the Bible says when they picked up the fragments and bought it back, it was just 12 baskets. Oh, God, I got you. Blessed people are blessed 
because their sole focus is on other people. There wasn't 13 baskets because Jesus wasn't focused on himself. Giving people are always blessed. And don't you ever be envious of some stingy man or some stingy woman who got money. They got money, but they're not enjoying it. And nobody's enjoying it around them because they're stingy. Real blessed people are givers. And they're always looking for an opportunity to give. And if you ever want to be blessed, I dare you to bless a widow or bless an orphan or bless the poor. Somebody said Jesus didn't have special people. Yes, he did. Yes, he did. The orphan was dear to Jesus' heart. And the widow, the widow indeed. I'm not talking about a widow who got a boyfriend. The Bible talks about, in its original text, a widow indeed. And she's not just a widow. She's a woman who has dedicated the rest of her life to the things of God and the house of God. And the Bible says the church should cedar the welfare of that woman if she doesn't have children to take care of her. You'll curse yourself. Are you listening to me? You, you'll, you'll, I don't want to use the word curse. You'll block your blessing to have a mother in the land of the living and you don't give her anything. I don't care if she wasn't a good mother. She's still your mama. You will block your blessing to have a mother who is still alive. I don't care if you send her $10 a month, but you got to give her something. If for no other reason that she birthed you into this world. I don't care if you had a no good daddy. Don't let your no good daddy make you no good. Honor him. Not that he deserves it, but God said to honor him. God said if you honor your mother and your father, and he didn't ask you what they did or didn't do. He said it'll be well with you. That's why some children are in trouble because they cuss their mamas out. You can't live a good life cussing out your mama. You can't live a good life rolling your eyes at your mama. You can't live a good life cussing and physically fighting your daddy. Before you hit your daddy back, leave. Run. Don't put your hands on him. I don't care how low down he's been. God says honor. Who Jesus. And I did that until they took their last breath. No matter what they did to me or didn't do. I'm going to do this word. And God says, Steve, because you've honored my word, you'll live long on the earth. And you'll be blessed. Glory to God. Is this helping anybody other than myself? Oh, Jesus. Now, let's, let, let's do this. Let's go to John chapter 6 and, and close this out. John chapter 6. And let me clear up everything that I said this morning. Is it warm in here or is it just me? It's a little warm. I know they said it's going to get really hot outside. So we better hurry up. There's going to be a hotter place than this. But the remnant's not going. The remnant's not going. See, some of you think I'm just talking, but read your Bible. It's, it's only going to be a remnant. Everybody's not going. It's only going to be a remnant. 
It got quiet. Okay, let, 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 me, let, me, let, me, let me verify. You in John chapter 6? Look at verse 41. John chapter 6. Verse. Then the Jews then complained about him. Come on now. Look, look here for a moment. Complaining against me is one thing. How do you complain against Jesus? How can you sit in his church service and, no, here's my point. If you were sitting in the church and Jesus was preaching, who would give you an ear to say something negative about him? You can't have my ears to say something negative about Jesus. I will not give you an audience to complain about something Jesus said. But they did. The Jews then complained about him because he said, I am the bread which come down from heaven. And they said, is not this Jesus, the son of Joseph? Whose father and mother we know. How is it then that he says, I have come down from heaven. You can't come down unless you're up. Look at the next verse. And they said, is this not Jesus, the son of Joseph? Verse uh, 43. He said, how is it then that he says, I have come down from heaven? Jesus therefore answered and said to them, Don't, don't, get over, don't get over in a corner and talk about me. And when I show up, don't change the subject like that's what you were talking about before I showed up. Do not murmur among yourselves. Verse 44. No one can come to me unless my father who sent me draws him. That's why you ought to shout every time you get a chance in the church with other believers. Because the only reason you're with him is because he called you. And we all ought to shout because how could he want something like us? Because we know us. How could Jesus want something like us? And we know us. And he still wants us? That's enough right there to praise him. What verse are we, 45? No one can come to me unless my father who sent me draws him. And I will raise him up at the last day. It is written in the prophets, and they shall all be taught by God. Therefore, everyone who has heard and learned from the father comes to me. Not that anyone has seen the Father except he who is from God. He has sent the Father. Most assuredly, I say to you that, who, that he who believes in me has everlasting life. I am the bread of life. I am the bread of life. Your, father ate the, your fathers ate the manna in the wilderness and are dead. This is the bread which comes down from heaven that one may eat of it and not die. I am the living bread which comes down from heaven. If anyone eats of this bread, he will live forever. And the bread that I shall give uh, is, my, is myself, which I shall give for life of the world. The Jews therefore quarreled among themselves saying, how can this man give us his flesh to eat? Then Jesus said to them, most assuredly, I say unto you, unless you eat of my flesh of the Son of Man and drink the blood, you have no life in you. Whoever eats my flesh, you already know this, you hear this almost every communion service, and drinks my blood has eternal life, and I will raise him up at the last day. Let's keep on. For my flesh is food indeed, my blood is drink indeed. He who eats my flesh and drinks my blood abides in me and, and in it, and I in him. As the living Father sent me, and I live because of the Father, so he who feeds on me will live because of me. Let, let's close with this verse here. 
This is the bread which came down from heaven. Not as your fathers ate of the manna and are dead. He who eats this bread will live forever. These things he said in the synagogue. said it in the church. As he taught in Capernaum. I got to read on. Therefore, many, look at verse 60. Therefore, many, how many? How many is many? That's a lot. If you're on the west side of town, it's a lot. If you're on the east side of town, it's buku. Therefore, many of his disciples, therefore, many of who? Many of who? His disciples. When they heard this said, this is a hard saying. Who can understand it? When Jesus knew in himself that his disciples complained about this, he said to them, does this offend you? Does this offend you? Let's go on. What verse did I stop at? 62? What then if you should see the Son of Man ascend where he was before? It is the Spirit who gives life. The flesh profits nothing. The words that I speak to you are spirit. They are life. But there are some of you who do not believe. For Jesus knew from the beginning. Now, wait a minute. Wait a minute. A few verses earlier, it says that they were his disciples. And then now it says Jesus knew from the beginning. Some of them didn't believe. So you can follow somebody and don't really believe? Ah, maybe they were following Jesus because all those people were prospects to pass out their business cards. I mean, you know, I can act like I'm going to follow Jesus so I can get around his, around his crowd because, man, I can sell a lot of life insurance policies. Man, I think I'm going to go to the church where Jesus pastored because there's a lot of people there. I mean, if I can just get half of them in that church to follow me in this business plan and get them in this pyramid scheme, man, I can make a lot of money. But Jesus knew from the beginning those who really believe. But there are some of you who do not believe. For Jesus knew from the beginning who they were, who did not believe, and who would betray him. And he said, therefore I have said to you that no one can come to me unless it has been granted to him by my father. Let's close on this one. Verse 66. From that time, many of his disciples didn't come back to church. They no longer gathered when it was time for the church to gather. They didn't gather because they were offended. That's why you have to guard your heart. Because I can say some things that you don't understand. And because you don't understand it, that don't mean you're right. And it doesn't mean I'm wrong. You just don't understand. And there are some things God will say to me for us to do that you won't understand because I'm the leader. And there are things that a leader needs to know that only the leader needs to know, and there are things that followers need to know, and the leader needs to know. Well, this is good stuff. And the Bible says, and many of his disciples went back and walked with him no more than Jesus said to the twelve, do you also? Want to go away? 
Now, the thing that got them out of sorts, and you have to understand the culture and what Jesus was making this statement, they were listening to him, but they were listening to him with a carnal mind. And sometimes if you're not careful when your pastor is preaching, you're listening with a carnal mind. And when you listen with a carnal mind, one is you won't understand. And number two, you'll get offended. And they got offended because they thought Jesus was talking about like the heathens, cannibalism. They thought Jesus was talking about eating him physically and drinking his blood physically. And he wasn't talking about physically. He was talking about you and I consuming him spiritually. That if you consume him spiritually, you won't have any wants. You won't have any needs going unmet. You'll never be thirsty. Because if you consume him, in him is everything you need. Is this helping anybody? Is this helping anybody at all? So to the carnal mind, it sounded like cannibalism, but he was calling them to consume him spiritually. This is a point I want to make in verse 67. The message Bible says, then Jesus gave the 12 their chance. After the, the many walked away from him, Jesus turns to the disciples and he gives them a chance. I never saw this till the other day. Jesus never made any of the disciples follow him. Listen, listen, Minister Troy. The disciples came and went as they very well pleased. Just like you. You come when you want to. You don't want to come, you don't come. That's why it's difficult in ministry because you don't have a contract with the people. You don't sign a lease that even if you leave before the lease is over, you still got to pay. And what's amazing, people that leave, don't ever support the ministry, and then when they come back, expect us to be here. Who Jesus. So the Bible says in the Living Bible that Jesus turns to the disciples, and he gives them a chance. In other words, he said, they've left me, now this is your chance. And then one of them spoke up. I like to think I'm like him. He looks to Jesus and he said, Jesus, if we leave you like they have left you, where are we going to go? What what church are we going to attend? Ain't no preacher like you. Nobody having miracles in the church like you. Nobody having signs and wonders in their church like you. Nobody's teaching us like you with word and lifestyle. With word and lifestyle. Where are we going to go? Now, please, please. I know my time is gone, but I have to make this point. As a matter of fact, I, 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 think, I, I think I wrote it. I wrote it down. So when we look at the text, Jesus didn't criticize them. For misunderstanding. 
challenge became is because they didn't understand they left. And you're not here today because you've understood everything God told me to say. You, you see that, Minister Jones? The challenge, the criticism is not that they didn't understand. The challenge became because they didn't understand. They left him. You're going to leave him over one message, one sermon, one thing that he said you didn't understand and forfeit all the other things he said that blessed your life. Are you telling me God can use somebody to bless your life 99 times and because they're human, they miss it one time and you leave them? And send a letter? In the line, every service, shaking my hand, telling me how much you love me, and then leave at night and send a letter? You're going to leave Jesus? Not wait till the crowd disperse and say, Jesus, I enjoyed your message up until this point. Can, can you elaborate? Somebody says, that, but yes, that's the Bible. That, that's Romans 8. I made up in my mind that nothing shall separate me. Pastor, you said something. It's shaking me. Talk to me. Can you, can, can, do I need to set up a time to talk with you? And you don't have to be in a, in a hurry to put me on the schedule because I'm not going nowhere. I made up in my mind that nothing shall separate me from the love of God. So rather than getting an audience with Jesus and let him talk to you and explain, you just leave him. And so I'm encouraged today. Because if they, the disciples, could walk away from Jesus, then don't hold on, pastors who are watching me, and preach my message the next Sunday. Don't hold too tight. Because everybody in your church, potentially, could walk away from you. I know somebody that rubbed you a little, mm, he ain't talking to me. I know I'm not talking to you. But I'm talking to everybody. Because you only have one promise from somebody that his word is good, and that's Jesus. Thank you for joining us. Special thanks to those of you who give generously and make this ministry outreach possible. Click the link in the description to give now or visit hcio.org slash podcast for more information. Be sure to subscribe and share this podcast with your friends. Even tag us on social media at Harvest Church KC. Thanks again for listening.